Hello and welcome to this midweek edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. You can follow me at Chris Belcher 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast on those platforms. Make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you interact with us on social media. It's the best way for us to know if you're digging what we're doing. We're talking about what you want to hear about, and that's what we're here for. Again, the show is for the fans, by the fans. So support us on social media. Support us over with our partners over at the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and the notifications bell. Support us over at Sportswire Radio, your 24-7 non-stop, non-stop shop. That's the word. For all your sports needs, uh, check out Sportswire Radio over there. Um, and then, of course, wherever you find your podcast, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Once again, my name is Chris Belcher. Clearly, I can't talk today, so I need some help. With me, as always, the young buck, my partner in crime, Mr. Andy York. Andy, you got to pick me up, brother. For some reason, <laughs> I, I'm having trouble today. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long week. I can understand it's... uh. Almost a long, like we're almost to the uh, long weekend with Memorial Day coming up and everything. So just let's get through this week. Let's, let's get through wrestling on Sunday. And then that's right. The long week ends with double or nothing this week. AEW presenting their biggest show of the year, their three year anniversary. Well, I guess it's their biggest show of the year. I wish they would come out and say, like, which one is like they feel like all out is their biggest one. See, I thought the same thing, and then they talked like Revolution was, and now this one, because this one was like the first one, so like, I don't I think know. this one's special, but I think like All Out has more, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I just feel like All Out's, I feel like All Out's the bigger, not the big, I think they're all a big deal, right? but I think All Out is like the one that everybody looks forward to the right. most. See, I think so too. Um, then <laughs> Especially because All In is the only thing that kicked this thing, like all right. of this off. Like I right. know Double or Nothing was the first pay per view, but like you don't get Double or Nothing if you don't have the All In right. pay per view first. So I agree. We're going to get into Double or Nothing. It is a loaded card. So many matches, so little time. We're going to get to that here in just a little bit. Before we do, I uh, want to make sure that you guys know to. Check out our archives. Some incredible episodes that we have cranked out recently. Jared joined me on Monday as we talked all about Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Listen, if you are a fan of old school <laughs> wrestling, this episode is for you. Smoky Mountain Wrestling made their hotbed in our hometown of Pikeville, Kentucky, and in the surrounding areas in the mountains. We went to countless events. There are more memories that we have forgotten than we can actually recall about Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So we talk all about that. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out. And then, of course, the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Federation fantasy draft from a couple of weeks ago. Ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing you a new weekly show coming very, very soon. Uh, I'm not ready to say mark your calendars just yet, but... It is coming very, very soon. Andy and I will be, will be presenting storylines and a, an entire fantasy booking situation based on the rosters that we drafted. We literally text about this every single day <laughs> in anticipation for it happening. So again, we're not ready to tell you exactly the date that we're going to start this new show, but it will be in addition to what we're already bringing you. Andy and I are very excited. Hope that you can, that you're excited too. All that being said, 
Go back and check out our draft episode. It aired a couple of weeks ago where we drafted these rosters, and that'll get you pumped up for what is coming in the very, very near future. On to the WWE. A couple of big things to hit before we transition to previewing Double or Nothing. Uh, Andy had to dip out for a minute on the podcast last week as we were talking about Sasha Banks and Naomi, so I certainly want to give him the floor to explore that a little bit more. Andy, we haven't really had any new news that, that's come out. I don't think we're going to have any news until Sasha and Naomi actually speak up themselves. Um, but uh, can, WWE continues to bring up that this was an unprofessional act. They even announced on Friday that they were suspended indefinitely. A lot of people were watching Pat McAfee's reaction when Michael Cole was talking about it. And according to McAfee, he he said it, he didn't say that he was or wasn't upset by the situation or the results of the situation. He said that his reaction you saw on SmackDown was his legit first reaction. Mm -hmm. That was the first he had heard about it. So, it's not like he was agreeing or disagreeing one way or the other, but here we are. We're suspended. We're in a holdout situation. Um, what do you make of what do you make of this now that we've had a couple of weeks to kind of sit on it? Uh, I don't know. It's it's such a weird situation uh, all across the board because I feel like I understand where Sasha and Naomi's frustration is. I feel like for Sasha more than Naomi. I understand the frustration that she must feel because she was supposed to have the WrestleMania spot. I think that's, that has right. come out recently. She was supposed to have the WrestleMania spot instead of Ronda Rousey. Now they wanted to feed her to Ronda Rousey to make Ronda look strong. So like, I understand not wanting to participate in that because there does, mm -hmm. there, there does come a point in time where you have to just say, no, like I, I know my value. I know my worth. I know that, Sasha Banks at this point does not need WWE. WWE needs Sasha Banks. Um, and so I get that aspect of it. Obviously, I don't think they handled the situation well. Mm -hmm. uh, however, I don't think WWE handled the situation well either because we know from past experiences that if there's one thing Vince McMahon can be, he can be a petty person, a mm -hmm. very petty person. And I feel like that has come through the most. I don't feel like it's beneficial, but I feel like it's WWE just being very petty towards Sasha and Naomi at this point as well. Also, they announced that they're doing a tournament, a tag tournament for the women's tag titles. To my recollection, there's only two teams. So it's just a two team tournament or something. I have no idea. Uh, but it's just at this point, like I said last week, get rid of the tag titles. They have caused more damage than they have anything else. Right. I am all for if you want to have a second title in the women's division, bring in a mid-card women's title. Like mm -hmm. I feel like a mid-card women's title would work for who they have. Um, and you could, you know, have Sasha Banks, you could have Naomi, you could have Dana Brooke, you could have Carmella, you could have XYZ in this division as well, kind of going for that mid-card title. So I just feel like Sasha and Naomi didn't handle it well. I feel like WWE has not handled the aftermath well. Um, I don't remember the last time they released a statement during an episode of Raw. Um, I can't really remember any time or if they have ever done that. So uh, I just feel like both sides just need to either come to an agreement or let contracts run out and let's just go our separate ways. I think that's where we're at. I think we just need to let contracts run out and go their separate ways because 
I'm not saying that WWE is 100% right in all this. I'm going to sound like a shill when I get ready to go on this ramp, but I'm, I'm not, okay? I understand that I understand that both sides are wrong in some sense, like you just said. We need to come to some sort of agreement where we can get this figured out because clearly there's been issues over the years right? with not just Sasha, with Naomi as well. You know, when Naomi was women's champion in 2017, uh, apparently she got the glow belt made without permission or whatever. And there was, you know, some heat going on with that, whatever. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think the whole thing boils down to like, I know valuing Sasha and I know valuing Naomi, but was she going to go lose to Rhonda? Yeah. Was Sasha or sorry, was Naomi going to go lose to Bianca? Yeah. But they're still fighting for the top prize in the women's division. So it's, it's, we're, we're talking about entertainment here. We're talking about, it's not real. It's, it's still a job. You're still playing a part. You're still getting paid bukus of money to go out there and look at the lights. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it's coming to a point where we're setting a precedence <sighs> where if you don't like your creative, you don't have to do it. And that that's not right. That's not a healthy situation for the wrestling business. I get standing up for yourself, but like you said, there has to be some sort of common ground of standing up for yourself and still doing your job. Right. Because, I, because like if I walked into my job tomorrow and I stood up for myself, I'm not doing this. There's good chance they're going to show me the door. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I get that. But also on the on the flip side, like we've had instances where <clears throat> Stone Cold took his ball and went home. And like yes, there was did. no repercussions for that at all. Yes, sir. Yes, there well, was. Well, there was, but that, that night, exact same thing that happened to Sasha and Naomi happened to Stone Cold. But they, Vince came out and cut a promo. <laughs> they released a statement. Right. All of this, that, and the other. So but I feel but I feel like in WWE's minds, and I'm I'm not saying they're the same person or, right. or anything, but Stone yeah. Cold holds more value than Sasha Banks does. Sure. Stone Cold in 2003 holds more more value than Sasha Banks in 2022 does. Sure. Um, another case after WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans, Brock Lesnar walking back through, throwing the title of Vince McMahon, no repercussions whatsoever. Um, I'm sure there have been many times where guys like Brock or The Undertaker or John, like we know for sure John Cena has changed the outcome of matches mm -hmm. to benefit himself, and there has been no repercussion. So I just I feel like that precedent has been there for mm -hmm. certain people, and mm -hmm. I feel like someone like Sasha Banks, who for all the accomplishments she has in WWE, does not yep. get the respect that she deserves. I agree from the back is sick and tired of it to the point where now she's saying, well, <laughs> if you're not going to treat me with respect, I know, Hey, cause I, the, some of the other reports is they haven't released Naomi or Sasha Banks for the fear that they will go to AEW. Sure. Sasha Banks can be like, well, I'll just go over there. I'll just let my contract run out. I'll go over there. I'll be treated like the star that I am over on the other side. So I feel like, yes, they haven't handled it. Well, yes, they do have a job that they need to do. But there comes a point in time where your value cannot be diminished because sure. they don't respect you like they should. 
And I sure. feel like that was the same way with Dean Ambrose and John, like with John Moxley in WWE of like, he didn't feel like they respected him enough. He didn't feel like they were treating him with respect. Obviously on the way out, he, he did what anybody does and goes out on his back, yep. but he knew beforehand he was leaving. I don't think Sasha really had the intention of leaving until sure. all of that kind of broke loose. Sure. Then that makes total sense. Like I get that. And, and I agree that Sasha is one of the best wrestlers in the women's division, if not the best, right? There's no denying that. What I'm saying is like, and does she not, does she get the respect she deserves? Probably not. But I'm still like to the point that we have to remember that she was still going to wrestle on top for the title. Was she yeah. going to win? Probably not. Did she get her WrestleMania moment stolen from her? Yeah. And that sucks. That really does. But your responsibility as a wrestler, especially as a veteran wrestler, is to go out and make people better, whether you win or lose. So I think it was just it was poorly handled on their part mm -hmm. because you got to like like you said, you've got a job to do. Right. And you're walking out on doing your job. Right. And that's not right. To me, that makes you not I'm not going to say not as valuable, but if I'm Tony Khan. I'm still like, even though the situation is like, well, you could chalk it up to Vince being Vince, or you could chalk it up to WWE being WWE. Common thread here is Sasha. She's mm -hmm. done this. She's done this before. We've had issues with Sasha before. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think we just need, I don't know, man. I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. None of us know right. what's going on. Um, and we're only going to know what they let us know. They being WWE, Sasha and Naomi, but man, what I hate the most. And I was talking to Jared on the phone about this yesterday. What I hate the most is the position that Sasha has put her husband in that works there mm -hmm. that Naomi has put Jimmy Uso in that is in a huge spotlight position right now and the position they put the rest of the company in. Yeah, You know, I don't think if this was the first time they had done this, WWE would not be saying, would not continually say this is unprofessional. Right. Yet here we are. You know what I mean? So I hate it for the people that's been left behind, you know? Yeah, and I I completely agree with that, and I fully understand that as well. Um, <clears throat> my thing is, though, like, if, if there was a greater purpose to all of this, and if someone like a Roman Reigns wants Naomi in the bloodline or Sasha Banks in the bloodline, he is going to stand up and there is no way Vince is going to buck someone like Roman over that kind of creative. That's true. Um, and so I feel like we may come to that point. Honestly, I don't think, I think for Sasha's husband, it's more of an issue than for Jimmy. Cause I've, Jimmy Uso has been arrested how many times for a DUI and his spot in the company. Touche, not, good point. <laughs> his spot in the company has not fallen at all. Um, so I feel like he is completely safe as long as they are remotely close to Roman. I feel like the Usos are going to be fine. Right. Um, I feel like Naomi is going to be fine. I feel like Sasha is the one that's going to face the most repercussions from all this. And granted, she this isn't the first time we've had this issue with her. This isn't the first time that she has shown her difficult side to work with. Um, but then again, I fully kind of understand where she's coming from of, yeah, I'm going to be a difficult person because I know how much I'm worth. Like we, 
we kind of have seen that with guys like CM Punk or even with Stone Cold. Like, I know what I'm worth. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm the best at. So let me showcase that. And I feel like right. they haven't done that. I mean, when's the last time Sasha fought for a women's title or was like a relevant contender for the women's title? It, it's been since WrestleMania 37. 37. Yeah. And even then, she wasn't that. I mean, she was, but Bailey was the centerfold of all that. No, WrestleMania 37, Sasha was a champ. So when she dropped it today to Bianca. That's right. That's right. I was thinking of 36. Six. I was thinking of 36. Right. Yeah, but yeah, from yeah. that point on, she was just there. Her whole title run was to get to Bianca. And that sure. that was all of that. So she hasn't been extremely relevant to the women's division since WrestleMania 36. But that was more Bailey than her in a lot of well, ways. Well, in, in, during the pandemic era, her and Bailey ran the show. They right. saved SmackDown. They did. They were, and and that's that's part of the contention here is that they were double champs mm -hmm. during that time. It was like, does Sasha and Naomi think that just because they're tag champs, they need to be double champs as right. well? And you I, know? and I get that, but also like I understand being tag champions, you don't if you don't, you don't want to diminish any belts that you're holding. So like if I'm the tag if I'm if I'm the tag champion. And I fight Ronda Rousey and I get beat, well, automatically the women's tag team division or the tag titles are demoted lower than than Ronda. And they're going to be anyway. Exactly. But that's, that's I had the same issue when when Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman were tag champions and fighting for the championship the same night. Like, you don't need to go out of your way to make the tag division look weaker. You need to find True. a way to build it up. And I feel like they it's obvious they don't care about the women's tag division. They just did that just to get more women on the show i feel like and it's not really been beneficial at all so i just feel like all sides need to look at everything and either figure out a solution or just walk away because it is not beneficial to sasha naomi to wwe to the locker room to wrestling fans something either needs to change or just completely walk away well like to to an extent like you said, the tag team division and belts, no matter men or women, is always right. going to be lower. You know, I can think of plenty of times in the 90s where the tag team champions happened to wrestle the world champion and a partner or world champion and intercontinental champion or what have you. Guess what? Them tag team champs ain't going to win anytime. Right. Right. And that hasn't changed at any point in history. So are they lower Yes. Do Sasha and Naomi need to accept that those belts are lower and that's the point in the card that you're at right now? Yeah, maybe they do. But again, it goes back to my point of you're wrestling in the main event of the mm -hmm. women's division. It's your responsibility to make that other person look good. That's that's wrestling. That's not just for the belt. Right. Your responsibility is to make that other person look good, no matter if you're a champion or not. And guess what? If if you feel that those belts are lower than the other one, go out and have a banger of a match and prove us otherwise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Prove your worth in the ring rather than standing up and walking out. And to an extent, I think they did that at WrestleMania. Like sure. I, they, they, Guess what? yeah, of, they of blew Ronda and Charlotte out of the water of those four teams in that match. Who got a special entrance in that yeah. match? Yeah. You know, so yeah. they, they were 100% valued in that match. They blew Ronda and Charlotte out of the water. Becky, Bianca, not so much. Mm -hmm. But they were they were the stars of the show. Yeah, and and so I, I, 
I completely agree on all of that. I just feel like there has to come a point in time where and I and I get fighting for the title is like the if you're not I forget who said it, I think it's Bully Ray or JBL or somebody. If you're not mm-hmm. fighting for the title, you're not you don't need to be in this business anyway. Like if your goal mm. is not to win the title, mm. you don't need to be in this business. And I completely understand. However, sometimes just because you're fighting in the main event for a title doesn't mean your career is going to be benefit benefited from it. I agree with that. Because you look at Ricochet when he fought Brock Lesnar, that completely derailed everything he sure. had been working up to at that point. It definitely more did. more recently, Finn Balor and Roman Reigns. Like that did nothing for Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that. And I feel like for Naomi, it probably would have elevated her career a little bit more, fighting Bianca. For Sasha, I don't think it would have done anything for her career fighting Ronda. Uh, she's already fought Ronda. She already lost to Ronda. There's no point in really bringing that back up that would be any sort of beneficial to Sasha Banks at all. I, I can agree with that. So I, I feel I, I feel like Naomi's argument isn't as strong as Sasha's argument sure. is. But when you're a team, you kind of got to stick together or you isolate the one party and then they look much worse than, right. <laughs> than they should. There's there's so much to be discussed with all this, and yeah. it's it's all speculation at this point. It's all opinion at this point. Like I said at the top, we're not gonna know until WWE Sasha and Naomi let us know. So uh, all we can do is just talk about it. So uh, maybe we'll shelve this topic unless something else comes up. But you know, it's it's just a weird situation. Like we're we're talking about the serious accusations of walking out on a contract in a field of entertainment that is not real life, you yeah. know? So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it's a little bit wild at this point, but let's yeah. move on to, uh, again, we're talking about the tag division, but let's go to the men's man. We finally saw on SmackDown this past week, the unification of the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles, the Usos getting the win over RK bro. What a match. What I mean, I know we were supposed to have this match at the pay-per-view, but what I've been pleased with the build of the match. I think it's been really intriguing. I'm not going to say it's been this great build, but it's been intriguing. You got to love when Randy Orton likes to push people and, (laughs) you know, all that kind of stuff. But, man, what a good match. What a great situation. I'm super happy for the Usos, man. They deserve it. I am shocked that we actually had a finish to this match. Like I am, see, I am I'm blown away that we actually have a finish to this match. The way they built the match and all that kind of stuff, like I felt in my gut, like I think we're gonna have a finish for this. Yeah, I think we I, will. I, I, I can, I agree, but still, in the back of my mind, I was like, "There's no mm-hmm. way they don't know what they're gonna do. They don't know what they're doing with the." with the main titles, how in the world are they going to do anything with these tag titles? And right. then they actually pulled the trigger on it. So yep. they got me. They shocked me with that. I, the Usos deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. Um, I, I think they have really shown and proven themselves over the last several years of not just being another Samoan tag team in WWE, but being like the pinnacle of like WWE tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have them and new day have definitely proven that fact over and over and over again. So I'm, I'm, they absolutely deserve to have this moment. Um, 
I just, again, I don't know where this is leading. I don't know where this is going. I feel like the the brand split is coming to an end very quickly. Oh um, yeah. And if it's not, then what are we doing? Because like, it it I it, at this point it makes no sense to put the titles on just one person. Um, I really hope that the Usos brother kind of just comes up from NXT and wins the U.S. and Intercontinental Championships at this point, and just let them hold all the gold. Um, because that would be at least interesting to see that aspect as well. Um, but yeah, I, I have no idea where they're going with it. The match itself was great. If the reports are true that Randy has been dealing with back issues, um, it's smart to kind of put the titles on the Usos and let Randy kind of take a break for a little bit. Um, and let Riddle cause the, the promo Riddle cut on Monday was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it was, was fantastic. He got emotional about a lot of stuff, and it wasn't the normal like Matt Riddle promo. And so I really enjoyed that as well, um, kind of going forward. So you know, we'll we'll see where they kind of end up going with this whole storyline. But right now, I'm kind of intrigued by it more so than I was before. Um, so I guess that that's at least beneficial or something good, right? Um. Hold that thought about Riddle for a second. Yeah, we don't know. Not sure about Randy. Not sure if it's a legit injury or if he just needs time off. But Dagum, the dude has been going hard for a long time. So he, uh, if you know, he signed a part time, not a part time contract, but a a, a reduced schedule contract a long right. time ago. It's about time for that dude to get like a couple weeks off or at least yeah. a month off or so. Especially if the rumors are true and we're heading to Roman versus Randy at SummerSlam. We're going to need Randy for that. So, uh, yes, a great match. Love the fact that WWE kept going and showing the crowd and all the kids' reactions that the Usos won and they were <laughs> beating up on Riddle. and all. That was that masterful work by WWE's production team. It was fantastic. Loved it. Let's talk about Riddle for a second. Yeah, that promo on Monday was, was really good, really impactful, really emotional. Uh, guys on Busted Open made a great point about it. It was Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer, two guys who would, who you could bank on knowing this information I'm about to tell you. They said that Matt Riddle right now is what WWE wanted RVD to be in the early 2000s. Yep. And he wouldn't do it. Yep. So this goofy type character, not taking himself too seriously, but when the bell rings can deliver. Yeah, that's what they wanted RVD to be, and it just wasn't working. Yeah, but here we are with Riddle. Yeah, I I completely agree with that scenario and with like that comparison because it <clears throat> he's one of those guys that when he's got a mic in his hand, <clears throat> you're expecting something stupid to come out and funny, but when the bell rings, you're expecting him to put on like I don't I can't remember the last time he's had a bad match in WWE. So like. I feel like that is definitely true with him. I I love what they're doing with the Riddle character. I think he is the guy that I was expecting to get used the least. One of the guy one of the guys I was expecting to get used the least from NXT that is being used the most um, at this point. I think I can throw Damian Priest in there as well. He was mm -hmm. those two guys are two guys that I out of everybody that would have been called up that has now been released. I would have not thought that Damian Priest and Riddle would be two of the forefront guys in Monday Night Raw. Like, right? it, it doesn't make sense, but it's working. So I, I, you know, credit to them for that. But 
yeah, I love what they're. I love everything they're doing with Matt Riddle right now, and he is having fun. He's having the time of his life, and you can tell. I just hope this ends up going somewhere for him, and not just kind of fizzling out and turning into nothing. Right. Yeah, and I think so too. I think you know. Again, I mentioned the rumors about Randy Orton. Those same rumors are that we're getting Matt Riddle versus Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank, and yeah. I would. <laughs> You know, you know how I feel about Matt Riddle, but I would welcome that opportunity. I, oh, think, yeah. that, I think that would be great. I think oh, yeah. that um, Roman Reigns needs some new blood to chop down, and Matt Riddle and Randy Orton are the two guys to be right there for it. Yep. Um, we're getting to a point where Roman's running out of guys, so you, you got to take those tag belts off, and, and let's let's use those superstars, you know? And the thing about Randy is he has the best chance at anybody to beat Roman because he's Randy Orton. That's <laughs> so, right. So, honestly, if 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 the match at SummerSlam is Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton, I will give Randy a fighting chance. Make, no, I will make Roman the underdog. Like I think Randy Ooh. will have the chance to win because it's Randy. Like it's mm. just they they do that. They put the title on him for a month and then have him lose to the guy that he beat. So, could you imagine? I, could you imagine the pop? If Randy well, Orton wins at SummerSlam, could you imagine if Randy Orton wins at SummerSlam and Cody Rhodes cashes in on Randy Orton mm. and Cody Rhodes is now the champion and we get Randy versus Cody for the title mm. going full circle? That mm. is a very good possibility. Mm-hmm. However, I would hate for Roman's title run to end like that. <laughs> so, yes. so that's my only concern. Now, if it's just for one title and like the WWE Championship, I'm that's. Fine, I, that, I I can get over that, but if it's for both titles and that happens, I'll I'd be a little salty. <laughs> well, you know, if if the rumors are true that the brand split is over, um, then I I can't see a situation where it would be for two titles. So yeah. I think we're, you know, I think we're to a point where if we're you know if we're dissolving that, we do just need one champion. We do just need one tag champ. I'm cool yeah. with keeping the Intercontinental in the U.S. That's fine. Um, but we just need one of each, and I think that's the way to go. Yep. And I'd say around SummerSlam time, we if if this is true, we're gonna be combining those women's championships at some point. So, oh, I mean, Lord, I don't want to see Ronda with two titles. Mm, probably happen. I will boo so loud at SummerSlam if that happens. It might happen. <laughs> Ronda versus Bianca will not be a pretty match. Let me just put it that way. No. No. <laughs> no. It'd be interesting. Like, it's an interesting it concept. Would. Yep, but it would. It's not going to be a technical barn burner. It's going right. to be one of the most ugliest slash prettiest things, though, because it's so ugly. Like, it's right. it's going to be stiff. <laughs> All right. Um, Before we transition to AEW, anything else WWE-wise that we need to cover? Uh, um. So, I love Cody Rhodes. Yes. I love Cody Rhodes. Yes. I'm sick of the Cody countdown, though. Uh, I knew that was... I am sick of the Cody countdown. I am sick of... I guess the countdown more so than anything else. I love the fact that Kevin Owens has been making fun of it on Twitter. By right. like constantly updating how many days until we get to see Cody, things like that. <laughs> and I get why they're doing it because I feel like Cody is absolutely the face of Monday Night Raw right now. 
And and his segments are doing well in the ratings. They are. So I, I get that. But I don't need a countdown every single week. Like the first week, the first couple times, I understand why. Not anymore. Like I just have him show up. Have him show up. Because what you're doing is people are just going to tune in for the Cody segment and then stop watching. Mm. And if you if you don't do the countdown, people don't know when Cody's showing up. Just like when before he debuted, everybody was watching the last hour of Monday Night Raw because everybody thought Cody was showing up then. Right. The same thing can be true still. So I just I feel like the Cody countdown has run its course. It's time to get rid of it. Um the I think the honeymoon phase for Cody is starting to wear off a little bit. Mm. Um, because uh, and it's not his fault and it was not the Miz's fault, but they were off their game Monday big time. Mm-hmm. And it I think it kind of came through. Uh now the Seth beatdown and stuff like that afterwards helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the honeymoon phase is over with Cody. Now he's now we need to start getting into the meat and potatoes of this whole thing. Right. And not just say, Oh yeah, he's back, but now let's keep going. Cause that, that happened yep. with Edge too. Like Edge's honeymoon phase ended, like ended. And then we were like, he's just talking about coming back, like him coming back. We get it. You're back now. Let's see something else. So I, I feel like right. we're kind of heading that way with Cody. Yeah, I think the Cody countdown is a fantastic way to shove Cody down people's throats and get yep. him booed. Yep. So I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit on that. I agree. I think you can do it in a way of, hey, Cody Rhodes is coming up at 10 o'clock, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Um, you can do that, but Just don't and maybe flat, give me the countdown like once. Like, maybe at the top of the show, give it to me once. Yeah. And then later on, you can say, Cody Rhodes coming at 10 o'clock, and then just leave it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I'm with you. I don't know that I necessarily agree that the honeymoon phase is over just yet. Mm-hmm. I think after his Hell in a Cell match with Rollins, I think that's when it kind of is like, okay, his first feud is in the books. It's done now we need to see how they're going to use him next. Yeah. So I think that's where it's coming. But I mean, if we're just a week apart on that, we're not really disagreeing. <laughs> it's just, I think we're getting to that point. So I, I think you're right on yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, one more thing to address with the WWE quickly before we move on. Uh, obviously we need to address Stephanie McMahon's leave of absence. We're not going to dive into that because again, just like the Sasha Naomi situation, we only really know what they tell us. We can speculate all day long why Stephanie McMahon is taking a leave of absence, but I'm inclined to respect her boundaries of it's a personal family matter. Okay, not going to speculate on that one. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, she needs to take time away to herself. Her husband almost died. Um, so, you know, I don't know what the situation is, but thoughts and prayers to her family and whatever situation is going on. Yeah, no, I completely agree. My only thoughts on this is dear Lord, do not let Nick Khan take more control of the company because that is the last thing that we need is more Nick Khan in control. So I feel like if Stephanie needs to take her time away, who doesn't need to take their time away after dealing with what she has had to deal with over the last year or so, Mm -hmm. um, and following, you know, a rough two years for everybody in the world dealing with the pandemic and then this and then I fully yep. understand taking their time to take time away to walk away for a little bit. 
Um, I don't think this is it for her. I think she yep. will definitely be back at some point down the line. Yeah. Just like I don't think Triple H is done right. with WWE in any capacity. So, you know, like you said, thoughts and prayers to them. Hopefully everything is fine. Hopefully everything works out. But, dear Lord, do not let Nick Khan have any more control of the company. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. All right. If you guys are just now checking us out, thank you for joining us. This is the Pie Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans. By the fans, I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. Thank you for hanging out with us on a Thursday or whatever day you're listening. Uh, we drop brand new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays uh, and coming soon one more day of the week. Again, we will fill you in on those details on our new weekly show, the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Federation, coming very, very soon. Uh, once again, I am joined by Mr. Andy York, the Young Buck. Speaking of the Young Bucks, it's time to preview AEW Double or Nothing. As we said at the top of the show, could be their biggest pay-per-view of the year. They're all big. Who knows? But we're talking about Double or Nothing, and we're going to run down the card here just like we all... Like, you know what? Before we preview Double or Nothing, I, I want to bring something up. Last week, we had Tyler Peters on. By the way, shout out to Tyler Peters. What a fantastic episode we had last week. Thank you, brother, for your insight. Uh, for those of you who want to check out his stuff, follow him on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at DustinTyler86. Check out his blog. Check out his appearances on his other podcasts that he does. The man is busier than we are, I swear. I know he tried to put us over and being busy, but he is busier than we are. Anyway. We had a conversation last week, Andy, about it, it kind of started with Keith Lee and Shane Strickland, and then it really evolved to an oversaturation of the roster. Just and that's not groundbreaking news. That's news that we've all been speculating about right. AEW for a long time. It just so happened that after we stopped recording last week, I think I was scrolling through social media that night, and Chris Van Vliet who is who, who I respect. I think he's a really good interviewer. A lot of people might not like him. I think his show's really good. Um, he followed me on Twitter, so we're, <laughs> we're cool. Anyway, um, Chris Van Vliet posted a clip of an interview he did with Tony Khan in 2019. And in said interview, he asked Tony what he thought the demise of WCW was. Tony said, and I'm paraphrasing here. You can go back to Chris's Instagram and see this, but I'm paraphrasing here. Tony said, WCW's roster got so big, they were paying $100,000 to whoever would come through the door. Didn't matter. They brought in everybody they thought was good, but you can't hire everybody you think is good in the business. Because you're going to run out of money and then you're going to go out of business and you're going to have too big of a roster. That was in 2019. Mm -hmm. Has Tony Khan since changed his mind about this whole philosophy or like, what, what are we doing here? Um, Probably somewhat, I would yeah. say so, because it's not hard. I mean, if I was in Tony Khan's position and some of these guys became a free agent, it would be we would be criticizing him if he didn't go after some of these guys. That's true. Yep. So, and I fully understand because we were talking about this earlier in the week. Um, yes, we text about wrestling basically every day because that's the only thing that gives me substance in life. Um, no, but <laughs> um, 
the compare the everything they do, they're going to be compared to WWE now because they just can't help it. Yep. And they're going to be compared to WCW. Yep. Because that's just <laughs> we have to compare everything. Yep. We we can't just look at it for what it is. We have to compare everything. Mm-hmm. Granted, we did the same thing with Impact when there was no, nobody else really doing anything. Impact was our WCW and. Right. That was a tough time for everybody. So um, <laughs> right. I get that. We, we we do that. But like I said, it would be it, we would be criticizing him if he didn't go after a Brian Danielson, if he mm-hmm. didn't go after an Adam Cole, if he didn't go after a Samoa Joe, a Keith Lee, um, if he didn't go after, you know, fill in the blank here. We would be criticizing for that as well. So I get going after some guys. Yep. We don't need everybody. And I feel like he hasn't gone after – he may have gone after everybody, but not everybody has signed because Cesaro is still not shown up. Johnny Gargano is still not shown up. Bray Wyatt still hasn't shown up. Like, there are still a lot of big names out there that haven't signed. Killer Cross hasn't shown up. Right. I think I think he's I think he is showing up sometime soon, but that's well, – he was supposed to be – so when W. Morrissey was Warlow's opponent, it was actually supposed to be Killer Cross, but they couldn't come to an agreement. Ah. Um, but then again, I'm fine with, like, some of these guys showing – like, Cardona has only shown up once or twice, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. Like, that's that's cool. Like, I think Nick that's Gage. that's a good idea. Nick Gage has only shown up a couple of times. Uh, Eric Redbeard has only shown up a couple of times. So, like, that stuff is cool, and mm-hmm. that's a good way to not only – show new talent but also be like hey go check out independent wrestling as well like they, these guys sure. are all over the place so i get that but i just the roster is getting too big however we are starting to lose a lot of AEW originals which yes. is starting to even itself out and mm-hmm. i love uh joey janela i think joey janela is fun when he's not catching his own foot on fire which if you haven't seen that video this week <laughs> that was uh that was scary but if I'm going to pick between watching Joey Janela or Adam Cole, I'm going to pick Adam Cole. Right. So you have to prioritize. And I get it. Some of these guys are ex-WWE guys. Well, guess what? If they're big-name guys, I'm going to pick up a big-name guy no matter where they came from. And right. so that's like, let's just get over it. Yes, the roster's getting a little big. It's starting to thin out a little bit. They now have Ring of Honor that they can send people to as well. Things are starting to flesh it out a little bit. But – let's not start comparing AEW to the demise of WCW just yet, because we're not at that point yet. Right. I I mean, I agree. I I agree that we're not quite there yet. I mean, but look, are you going to criticize WCW for having Hall, Nash, Hogan, Savage, and Sean Waltman in the NWO? Like the company wouldn't have survived had they not had those guys. So like, come on, it's a double-edged sword. It really is because we criticized WWE in 20, what 15 through 2018 for having like a massive roster and literally just go picking up people. So nobody else could. Right. And then they started to do the releases and now they, they realized, Oh, we got really big. Now we're in a pandemic and we have to send all these people home. Yep. So like every company has gone through this at some point. Yep. You just got to figure out how to manage it. And we got to remember like AEW's only been in this for three years now, four years now, something like that. Yep. They're not, you know, professionals at this yet. They're still sure. they're still getting their feet underneath them. Mm-hmm. And that's probably gonna take a decade to get fully secured in everything and get comfortable with everything. So yep. they're gonna go through some ups and downs. Sure they are. 
Sure they are. And we're going to talk about it, or at least I'm going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> uh, one more thing to mention from AEW Dynamite. I would be remiss. Andy would probably hurt me if I didn't mention this. Uh, was the surprise appearance last night on Dynamite of the United Empire. Uh, Jeff Cobb, and I don't even know who the other guy's name is. Great O'Con. The Andy knows. Yep, yep. Man. That was a cool moment. Uh, it was really cool for them to, to get in there and attack FTR and, and to show themselves. I love Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb is... <laughs> he is such a big boy that shouldn't be able to do the things that he... Like, I feel like my, like some of the wrestlers I love the most are big guys that shouldn't do the things that they do. Right. Like, Keith Lee should not be able to do a springboard. So we need... Bronson Reed and Keith yes. Lee and yes. Jeff Cobb in a triple threat match. Absolutely. And throw Brock in there too. Or Brock, and Brock. Brock yep. does some stuff that he shouldn't be able to do as well. I That's like, I'm in heaven at that point. Where right. I'm at. <laughs> and then give me like Seth Rollins versus Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles in a triple threat. And I'm, I'm in heaven there as well. So for more on this fantasy booking, <laughs> the PBWF is coming soon. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was a great moment. I, I know not everybody gets or watches New Japan Wrestling. Not everybody will understand some of these people that come in. One thing I will say, Excalibur is great at filling in people yep. in the moment and yep. not giving like too much, but he's giving you enough to make you realize, oh, that's why the crowd is freaking out. I sure. get that now. So like credit to him for that. Yeah. Also, side sidebar, I love that William Regal calls him man in the mask every single time he's on commentary. <laughs> that's, I, yeah, that's, that's great. That, that is great. I love it. Um, but yeah, I I popped for that moment. I freaked out when that happened last night. I was watching it with the sound off, um, and I just saw the people and their reaction when they started before they even showed them. <laughs> I was like, uh oh. And then I I saw him in the ring, and I was like, I think that's Jeff Cobb. <laughs> oh, it must be Jeff Cobb because everybody's freaking out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was very cool. I watched the sound off because I couldn't stand commentary. Anyway, <laughs> um, honestly, it kind of reminded me of when uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson showed up for the first yeah. time in WWE. Like, yeah, not everybody's going to know who everybody remembers Luke Gallows probably, but not a lot of people were like know who Carl Anderson is if you don't watch New Japan. Right. But that crowd when they showed up were hot for them being there. It was great. That was great. All right, AEW Double or Nothing. Let's run down the card. Uh, let's see what we got here. A big card, man. Oh my gosh, we were talking before we started recording. So many matches, and let's let's try to see what we can cover with all of them here. We're going to try to be cognizant of your time and not keep you for forever here. <laughs> of course, for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, CM Punk will challenge the champ Hangman Adam Page. Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe in the finals of the Owen Hart Tournament. On the women's side of that tournament, Britt Baker will challenge the winner of Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander that is going to take place tomorrow night on Rampage. So kind of bummed that we don't know what that is yet, but it is what it is. The Young Bucks and the Hardy Boys, MJF and Wardlow is official. Is there a stipulation on that match? Uh, as of right now, no, but I wouldn't be shocked if we get one on Rampage. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Jurassic Express defending the AEW Tag Team titles in a triple threat match against Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Shane Strickland and Keith Lee. TBS title on the line, Jay Cargill defends against Anna Jay, Thunder Rosa, and Serena Deeb for the AEW Women's Championship. 
House of Black versus the Death Triangle, Jericho Appreciation Society versus John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz in what they're calling anarchy in the arena. So stadium stampede inside. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, and of course, we can't forget to acknowledge our four, three of our four favorite wrestlers and Tony Nese um, on the buy-in. It is going to be smart Mark Sterling teaming with Tony Nese against Hook and Dan Housen. Yeah. Man, what a card. Uh, let's go ahead and, and knock out the AEW Championship first. Uh, very passionate promo by both guys. Last night on Dynamite. I'm looking forward to this match more than I was previously. I think it'll be really, really good. Yeah. I don't think it'll be one of Hangman's best matches in his run, but I think it'll be really good. I don't know who I'm going to pick to win this. I think Punk's winning. I, I'm sticking with mm. Punk winning. I think... Well, I don't know. Part of me thinks Punk's winning, but the only hang-up is I think he deliberately said, I'm saving All Elite Wrestling. I'm defending All Elite Wrestling from you. Like, that mm -hmm. That throws a caveat, which I yep. I love the promo from uh, from Paige last yep. night. He was fiery. He was doing his job perfectly. I love that Punk was like, I don't know why this is so perfect. Like, Punk was po like poking him perfectly as well. So that, yep. that was a great exchange. Um I'm still going with Punk. I think it's time to put the title on Punk for a little bit. Because um, I don't know what Paige can do from here unless Kenny shows up. Um, but if right. Kenny doesn't show up, I don't know where we're headed for Paige from here. So I think it's time to put the oh, title on Punk um, and kind of chapter or end this chapter of Paige's title run. But I think we're going to circle back around to it in the next couple of years as well. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be a couple of years because, you know, we haven't had a two-time AEW champion ever and probably, I don't know if it's ever going to happen at least in the first 10 years, but I think if knows. anybody does it, I think it'll be Kenny. Sure, I agree. I think if anybody does it, it'll be Kenny Omega. Um, I can see them giving Jericho one more round before he hangs it up. Yeah. Just, uh, just if he gets in some sort of feud with, I don't know somebody like maybe Jericho wins it to drop it to Brian Danielson. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I could also see though them putting it on Moxley again. I could too. Yep. Like me too. I think I think in order, I think it goes Kenny, Jericho, Mox, and then Paige. Like I think that's right. the order that it would go in. But I don't think it's going to happen though for another four years. If it I don't happens. either, I don't either because you've got we've discussed on here plenty of times. MJF's going to have a long run with the title. Mm -hmm. Probably he could be the longest reigning champion. Once uh, he finally wins the title, I think it's either going to be him or Cole. I think right. it's one of those two guys. I think, and Punk then, and then you got Cole. Run. I yep. think Cole's going to get a run. Um, I think Wardlow's going to get a run at some point. Eventually, like, I, yep. I think he is going to be. I think Keith Lee may get like. Uh, I think he'll get a shorter run, but I think he may get a run as well. So I think there's still a handful. Brian Danielson, like, yep. <laughs> there's some there's some guys that will definitely get a run before we run back around to a two time champ. Yep, I, I completely agree with that. Um, Adam Cole and Samoa Joe, the much-anticipated rematch. Those guys went to war so many times in ROH, and we thought we were going to see it in NXT, and it didn't end up happening. Uh, they're squaring off in the Owen Hart Finals. Britt Baker and an opponent to be named later for the Owen Hart Finals on the women's side. But again, it doesn't matter because I think this tournament was tailor-made for Adam Cole and Britt Baker to win both of them. I think Adam Cole wins his. You don't think Britt wins? I think Ruby wins the women's. 
Okay. Because I think it sets up Ruby down the line. I don't think I think Adam Cole needs this. I don't think Britt needs this. Britt um see, I would argue differently because mm-hmm. I know I think Adam Cole needs it for sure. I'm not yeah. arguing against that. I'm arguing against a Britt. I think Britt needs it because I'm not saying she hasn't felt like a big deal since she dropped the title, but the women's division has taken a huge step back since Brett dropped the title. Yeah. I mean, heck, they cut Thunder Rosa off on her promo last night. Yeah, I know. So, like, now, I'm not taking anything away from Thunder Rosa and Serena D because I think that's an underrated match. I think it's yeah. going to be really good at the pay-per-view. But I also think, like, we need Brett to reestablish the women's division, not just Brett. Maybe they do that with Ruby. Maybe right. that's how they bring Ruby up. I'm cool with that. Somebody needs to do it. Yeah, and I, I think I I agree and I get what you're coming at. My only concern is then we're running into a Charlotte Flair territory. Yes, we are. Of Brett being the only one in the division for a while that can do anything. Right. Um, so I think you need to build up someone like Ruby Soho. I honestly thought Tony Storm had a great chance of beating Britt. I thought if anybody was going to beat Britt in the tournament leading up to it, it was going to be Tony Storm last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I still think Ruby needs this win more than Britt does she because does. Ruby hasn't had that great of a run in AEW yet. But I think it could all start right here, winning this Owen Hart tournament. Getting the chance, I think. I think Ruby Soho is the person to beat Thunder Rosa for the title at some point down the line, um, and then maybe we revisit Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker, and then we're kind of running through that way again. Mm. Or maybe at that point we get Ruby Soho versus Mercedes Martinez, and then oh, we're really running down the line. Then right, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I think. I think either way, we need to. We need a big time feel to establish. Hey, the women's division is still here and we're still you know important important is the wrong word you know what i mean we're yeah. still in the spotlight okay important was the wrong word so uh <laughs> didn't mean to offend anybody that wasn't what i was trying to do um anyway mjf and wardlow man i think this is going to be interesting yep because I, I don't know what way they're going to go with this a reason i say that is because we're sitting here saying okay if punk is going to win the title we are in unanimous agreement that MJF's taking that belt off CM Punk. Mm-hmm. So do you have MJF win this match to keep him strong and you head toward I'm not saying it's immediate, right? But do do you need to continue to stack up wins for MJF? Or is Wardlow on such a tear that you absolutely have to have Wardlow win this match? I think I think you have to have Wardlow win. Uh, because I feel like MJF could lose to Wardlow and it's not gonna affect MJF right at all. I feel like if MJF beats Wardlow, Wardlow looks weak because of all the stuff that MJF has put him through leading up to this match. I think you have to have Wardlow win here. I think it's not going to be – I don't think it's going to be a squash. I think it's going to be somewhat evenly contested because I fully expect Sean Spears to get involved. I fully expect somebody else probably to get involved as well. Um, But I think Wardlow at the end of the day walks away winning this match. And then I think Wardlow sets up next to be TNT champion. Like I think he goes after Sammy Guevara, Scorpio Sky, or whoever is going to hold. I was title. getting ready to say, who's the champion, and why is, is it not being defended on this on this show? I think Sammy is, and I think they're trying to get Sammy off TV as much as possible. And I think they're going. I, honestly, I think after Double or Nothing, the next Wednesday we're going to get Wardlow versus Sammy, 
and mm. I think Wardlow wins. So I think this, I think we're gonna get that quickly, like moving that quickly um, through. I think he's on. I think he was on Rampage last week. They um, busted the belt or something. Something I yeah. don't remember. But yeah, I I think Wardlow is gonna be TNT champion before. Honestly, before the beginning of July, like I think we're going to be moving that quickly for him to be TNT champion. Yeah, especially if he beats MJF, I I completely agree. Man, how the mighty have fallen! How quickly we have turned sour on Sammy Guevara. Anyway, um, it's, the Seth, it's the Seth Rollins thing all over again. Of dude just needs to learn to keep his mouth shut sometimes. That's true. I agree. I, <laughs> I agree love Seth. That. I'm the biggest. I'm I'm as big of a Seth Mark as anybody out there. But there were a couple of times when I'm like, dude, just shut up, just yep, lock just your stop. phone and walk away. Just stop. Just stop. Um, Jurassic Express, Hobbs and Starks, Shane Lee or Shane Strickland and Keith Lee. Um, man, I was talking to Jason Backowitz, friend of the show, um, co-creator of the show, actually. And he was saying he's all in. He thinks that this is this is the time for Keith Lee and Shane Strickland to win the tag belts. Do you agree? What, what, what are we thinking here? I got to make sure my wife doesn't hear me say this, but Uh-oh. I don't think, I think, and I said this last pay-per-view and I, we were completely wrong. So we I could be completely wrong again. I don't think Jurassic Express does. I don't think Jurassic Express walks away with the titles. Nope. I think Keith Lee and Shane Strickland have the best chance of winning, but I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't put it on Hobbs and Starks as well. Yeah. Um, because I feel like you could do Hobbs and I think you could do it, put it on Starks and Hobbs. And then revisit Keith Lee versus or Keith Lee and Strickland versus them again at some point yep. down the line. So I yep. feel like we could be heading that way. However, my bias is going to show in this, and I, I'm picking Keith Lee and and Strickland to win because I feel like they the pop that they would get when they win it is going to be huge. And so I feel like that's going to play a factor in all this. They're certainly riding the momentum. Uh, but I think both of those guys are better off as singles guys than tags. And we've seen historically that, you know, as we're talking about with the world title, AEW title reigns are long. So I don't think you need to saddle Keith Lee and Shane Strickland with the titles for that long of time. Having said that, I'm picking Hobbs and Starks in this match. I think they're the established team. I think that, um, I know we said, again, you said it last pay-per-view, we said Jurassic Express was not walking out. I'm putting my stamp of guarantee on it this time. It's not happening. Probably They're not walking yeah. out with the belts this time. And it's going to be at the expense of Christian cage turning on jungle boy. Yeah. So I think if that is to happen, you have to have heels win the match so that you can keep that heat going. Yeah. Thus Hobbs and Sarks. I, I can see that as well. I think it's going to happen too. I think Christian is going to turn. I think you could do it though after the match. Sure, uh, you maybe can. Jungle Boy is the one that gets pinned, and then Christian like just loses it on him. I could definitely yep. see that. Sure, you can. Um, I will say this. I don't think I don't know if a lot of people know this, remember this, or whatever. But before both of them went to NXT and WWE, Lee and Strickland were actually a tag team on the independent scene. Didn't I didn't well. know that. So they they have this history together mm-hmm. as being a tag team. So that, I think that's part of the reason why I think they may win. And then mm-hmm. afterwards, Christian turns on Jungle Boy. I think that's the guarantee of the match, though, is somebody's turning on somebody. And I don't think you want <laughs> I don't think you want Chris, I don't think you want Jungle Boy to turn heel. However, it would be kind of interesting if Luchasaurus turned on both of them. So I'm just throwing that out there as well. A healed dinosaur in AEW is something I didn't know I needed to see, so I just said it. But I'm all for it. 
Yeah, that's interesting. No, I mean, like, we need, we need, I, I'll get off my soapbox. I'm only going to say this one sentence and then I'll quit. We need something meaningful for Christian. And I think that's it. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm done with talking about Christian. Um, <laughs> Because I don't want to get fired up. Speaking of getting fired up, the Young Bucks and the Hardys, we finally see this match. Man, I've never been a big fan of the ultimate deletion and all that kind of alternate universe stuff. But I hope somehow we get there with this. And I hope that because that's the only thing that's gonna save it for me. Oh, not me. I I am thrilled that this is happening. Because I'm I, sure you are. Because I remember their battles in Ring of Honor and stuff, the Young Bucks and and the Hardys. So I, I understand it's not the same Hardys uh, as it was then. However, it's not the same Young Bucks as well. And I feel like the dynamic is going to be different, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I expect this thing to be a train wreck in the most beautiful way possible. Um, and so I am. I am looking forward to this. Is one of the matches I'm looking forward to the most is this because I I think it's. I think we're going to finally get to see the Young Bucks in something different, not fighting for a title, but in tag match, and it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think. I think the Bucks will do a great job of getting the most out of the Hardys. Um, yeah. At least I hope they do because it's been rough so far. I think the Bucks will find a way to get something good out of them. Having said that, still not looking forward to this. <laughs> I think it's I I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but I'm also very biased towards the young bucks because I think you could put the young bucks in there with me and we could put on a four and a half star classic. So <laughs> I, I think you could do that with, I think you could have something special here with the Hardys as long as Jeff is able. I'm not worried about right. Matt. I'm not worried about Matt. I think Matt can hold his own. I'm worried about Jeff not doing something stupid. <laughs> and, but I feel like there's going to be a stipulation to add to this. It's going to be some, extreme rules-esque maybe a ladder match type thing and it's it's they're gonna hide jeff's inability to wrestle behind some of this stuff right and i think which is which which is which is why i think we're headed to some sort of like alternate universe ultimate deletion something or other just because that's what we need you know uh, Jericho Appreciation Society against Mox, Brian Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. I can't ask you what we should expect with anarchy <laughs> in the arena, but like, what do you think? Like, if this really is like an indoor stadium stampede, like, or is this just going to be a big 10 man fight around the uh, arena? That nonsense. That I, I'm expecting that. I'm expecting there to be bloodshed in this match. Heavily, oh, sure. heavily. Um, I expect Jericho to be busted open. I think Jericho and I think Moxley bleed the most in this match. However, I think there's a good chance Eddie Kingston could leak. I was just getting ready to say he's going to um, contend. And I think there's going to be a point where we're going to have a breakdown between Eddie and Daniel and Brian Danielson. Like, I think mm. we're going to have a fight between those two. I think Jericho appreciation wins this because of that. Mm. Um, and it gives them another it gives them another feather in their cap. And then maybe we head towards like Brian Danielson and John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston and Santana or Ortiz or right. somebody Nick Gage. Oh my gosh. Eddie Kingston and Nick Gage versus John Moxley and Brian Danielson. <laughs> Sign me up immediately. So but I'm expecting this to be a train. I think it's gonna be like all <laughs> ten man tag matches in AEW. It's gonna be a train wreck. It's going to be all over the place. Yep. 
But one thing it is going to be is entertaining. And I think that's I think that's going to be the case here. This is going to be a long pay-per-view. I mean, we've still got Thunder Rosa <laughs> and Serena Deeb, Jay Cargill, Anna Jay, House of Black and Death Triangle, and then the buy-in match, of course. Man, as we really start to wind down this episode, uh, we always hand out our high spots and our turd sandwiches, the highs and the lows of the wrestling business. But, of course, pay-per-view preview shows, we're going to give you what we think is going to be the best thing on the show, what we think is going to be the worst thing on the show. And I'm going to start with my worst thing on the show. And if I steal yours, I'm sorry. Jay Cargill and Anna Jay for the TBS title. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just don't think Anna Jay is going to save this match. Having said that, I think there's a good chance Anna Jay wins this match. I don't think she's going to save it, but I think she's got a good shot to win. I think she. I think there's a good chance she wins too. I I agree. I think this is going to be the worst match of the night. However, I think Jade Cargill has gotten much better than she was at the beginning of her run. Right. Anna Jay has definitely come into her own. I think the thing about Jade Cargill is the presentation has been spot on for her. Sure has. Recently. Yep. They have they have nailed her presentation perfectly. Yep. And that, that plays a massive part into all of this. So I think that part will work out. I just think from bell to bell, it's not going to be pretty <laughs> and mm. so i think it's gonna be pretty ugly um and so i agree i think this will probably be the worst match of the night a best match what do you think is gonna be the best it doesn't necessarily have to be the one you're looking forward to the most but bell to bell which match do you think is gonna steal the show how can i not pick adam cole and samoa joe yep i that, i think that thing is going to be yep the match of the night i i think the Ooh, I think um, maybe the main event could could possibly be that as well because I think the storytelling in that is going to be the thing that really plays it in. I don't think it's going to be – I think Adam Cole and Samoa Joe is going to be the wrestling masterpiece that we want it to be. Yep. I think Paige and Punk is going to be the storytelling masterpiece that we want it to be. Sure. Um, and so I feel like those are going to be the two differences, but if I had to pick one, I'm, I'm picking Adam Cole and Samoa Joe. Yep, me too. I, I'm definitely on that train as well. Uh I don't think they're going to get a lot of time, unfortunately, just because this pay-per-view is so loaded. Yes, it's the Owen Hart finals, but I don't think they're going to get the 30 minutes that we all want them to get. Having said that, though, I think they're definitely going to tear the house down, and I think it'll be the best match of the show. Yeah. All right. Let's put a bow on this episode, man. Let's sign off. Anything else you want to add as we head into Double or Nothing uh, or about AEW in general? Uh. Not really. I'm just I I love I think no matter how well together or underwhelmed the card is at times, sometimes in AEW pay-per-views, the card still always delivers. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not expecting anything different. I think the wrestling is going to be off the charts, amazing, fantastic, like it always is. So I'm I think it's gonna be a good time and I'm 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 looking forward to it. You know, as I look up and down the card, I am more interested in the pay-per-view than I thought I was going to be because earlier in the week, I just looking at this and, and starting to prep for this podcast. Like I'm, I'm like, I really think this is like one of the worst cards ever. Like, you know, it, it, it seems better now that I'm looking at it as a whole, but it just, it doesn't scream superstardom to me. And I know that AEW likes to recycle guys and, and push guys and let guys take a break and, you know, whatever. Um, it just, I don't know. And I know you can't be in the same spot in the card all the time, but 
I don't know. Something about this show just doesn't scream like must watch. Like, do you get that at all? Or am I just being biased? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, but I I think, I think I agree because there's not really like the tag matches aren't going to pop like they normally are. They're not going to stick out like they normally are. I think the main event is very high level with punk and page. I think that's a big time main event. Mm-hmm. I think when you've got Cole and Joe on the card and the possibility of Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho, I think that definitely adds a lot to it. Sure. Um, and, you know, you got the Young Bucks and you got the Hardys, which the Hardys are going to bring in the casual fan to watch them wrestle because everybody remembers watching them wrestle in the 90s and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. So I think it's definitely not their strongest card. Um, however, we've seen – especially in WWE, but sometimes even in AEW, just because it's not the strongest card doesn't mean it's going to be the worst card. Right. And I think that could definitely play a factor into this as well. Absolutely. Um, we are still working out details on a double or nothing post show for you. Uh, it will either come to you on Sunday or later in the week. We will keep you updated on that. Uh, it is Memorial Day weekend, even though it is a wrestling pay-per-view, it's still a holiday. So there is still family time and travel time and, and all that kind of stuff. So, we're still working on a plan for that. Tune into our social media at BBW Podcast. We'll let you know what's going on with that. In the meantime, and in the between time, while you're on that social media, follow me at Chris Belcher24. Follow Andy at Andy underscore BBWP. And of course, the show is at BBW Podcast. Subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Thank you for the uptick and listens on our audio platforms. We appreciate that very much. Keep tuning in to the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. That's where you can see our smiling faces. Hit that subscribe button and the notifications bell and support those other shows. And, of course, Tom and the crew over at Sportswire Radio. Thank them for their support. Please make sure you are uh, checking out their stuff over there as well. Again, check out our past episodes. Lots of great stuff. If you're an old-school fan, if you're a new-school fan, there's something for everybody on the Bye Bomb Wrestling Podcast. For Mr. Andy York, my name is Chris Belcher. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this edition of Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. We will catch you guys down the road.